Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hockey in the Classroom, Episode 8. As always, Matt Walsek with you, and uh, my uh, my boy down in Dallas, Tony Tringover and Get. Tony, how are we doing today? Doing well, doing well. Actually, not in Dallas today. I'm doing a, on a little work trip up in uh, up in the Ville, Louisville, Kentucky. So, oh, that's little, right. little little bit closer to to you right now than uh, yeah. Than so, I, I bet the weather's a little different too than than Dallas. Yeah, I mean, right now I think it's about thirty degrees. So, oh, so you're getting closer to the snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, get, I'm getting prepped for the holiday break when I'm going to be in the Upper Peninsula, and then uh, of course when we're in Wausau. Oh yeah, well yeah, got to get acclimated quickly here. Negative, yeah, right. negative, negative twenty catches up on, or you know, creeps up on you pretty quickly. I woke up and I looked at the temperature back home, and it was negative seven. It was negative thirty with with the wind chill. Oh, so springtime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice fall day in the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm watching the Presidents Cup right now, and I'm a little jealous that you know Australia is nice and warm, and they can play golf, and I'm um, in fourteen degree fourteen degree weather in Chicago. But, anyways. <laughs> Uh, you know, Tony, we had some interesting uh, games that happened this weekend and uh, in college hockey. It just, you know, one of these things where, you know, we're getting deeper and deeper in the season here and, and we're going to start seeing, uh, you know, these teams that we know are going to compete for the playoffs, not only in their conference, but, uh, you know, come March, the NCAA tournament and the teams that obviously, you know, are not going to compete and we're starting to see that trend uh, a little, you know, get deeper and deeper as we get later in the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, like you said, I think we're starting to kind of figure out who those teams that are going to going to contend and who those teams that are just kind of going to be playing another, another season of college hockey, I guess. Um, I, I think we should really start in the Atlantic um, where sacred hearts kind of starting to be that team that is looking to stand out a little bit above the others right now. Um, Sacred Heart actually comes in number 20 in the polls right now. They're sitting at number 20 in the pairwise as well. RIT and Army also receiving votes. Um, I want to jump right into Sacred Heart, though. Sacred Heart had a really, really outstanding weekend. I know we talked about Robert Morris last week being a team that maybe had been a benefit of of a nice schedule early on. Uh, Sacred Heart definitely took advantage of them last weekend. They won six nothing on Saturday. Um, Austin McElmurray scored two for Sacred Heart, and Josh Benson had a 32 save shutout um, on Friday night. Um, they completed the sweep on on Sunday with a 4-2 victory. Um, Jason Cotton had a natural hat trick for Sacred Heart, so just a pure dominant weekend um, for Sacred Heart. Uh, Air Force, another team that I know you're very high on. Um, they ended up pick, taking five of six this weekend against Holy Cross, one seven two on Friday, um, tied three three on Saturday. A team that that is really having a good season, sitting in that receiving votes category as RIT. They got a win against Mercyhurst seven to three on Friday. Um, Andrew Rinaldi, Will Calverly, and a- Alden Dupuis all had two goals apiece. So um, those three really had an outstanding game. RIT completed the sweep with a three two victory. On Saturday, Colin D'Agostine made 37 saves in the losing effort for Mercyhurst. Um, well, Logan Drackett made 31 saves for RIT, so good goaltending, um, especially from D'Agostine facing this weekend. Um, Army, who's right now one of the one of the better teams in the conference, they're sitting right behind Sacred Heart in the in the um, in the standings. They had a nice win, uh, sweeping Bentley this weekend, 4-3 on Friday. 
four two on Saturday. And then the team that I was very high on um, early on, AIC, they've only played eleven games in conference. They're sitting at tw- twenty one points right now, so nine points behind Sacred Heart. But I mean, they have a lot of they have a lot of games to make that up. And if they if they get hot, this could be a team that we're looking at contending for the A for the Atlantic Hockey Championship. They got a six nothing victory over Canisius on Friday. Uh, Tobias Fadeby had a hat trick for AIC. Zachariah Scott got the shutout. Um, AIC needed overtime on Saturday, but they got the victory 3-2. Blake Christensen scored two goals for AIC, and Skog made 33 saves. So um, some of the top teams in the conference really showed up. Um, AIC did fall. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday. They did fall yesterday to Princeton 2-1, though. Yeah, so Atlantic Hockey, um, so I watched the Sacred Heart game. I believe it was the Saturday game. I think I even Snapchatted you. 90 seconds at Sacred Heart, boom, on the board. Uh, Robert Morris, we've talked about. So, I mean, overall, the record is not impressive, Seven seven two. I think what we were focusing more on with Robert Morris and why we were, I don't want to say extremely high on them, but we were giving them credit saying at being the number one team in Atlantic Hockey was their conference record. And because at this point now we're, we're, we can chuck that up to, oh, uh, their schedule was really in their favor. Um, and now they're playing some, you know, tougher teams down the stretch here. And, you know, we're seeing Robert Morris's true colors. Will they contend for a top three spot in Atlantic hockey come the playoffs times? We'll see at this rate, the way Sager Hart beat them up. I don't know. Uh, it, it's really hard to tell. I, the Saturday game, I was not impressed at all with Robert Morris. Uh, and I was extremely impressed all the way around with Sager Hart before we, got onto the show here, you know, you and I were talking, I, I, I mentioned Sacred Heart, the way they played Saturday, I saw a top 10 team on the ice, uh, across the board and all, in all facets of the game in the offensive zone, defensive zone, neutral zone, they get solid goaltending. Their offensive passing is extremely crisp. I, I was loving the, uh, the offense for Sacred Heart and it shows too, Right now, they, they've got almost 70 goals on the season. 56 of them are in conference play. I, they're dominating the conference right now. Uh, and, you know, that's why they're number one. Army, though, eh, we, we, we bring up Army, I think, every week. But I think we don't give them enough credit as far as they're 11-5 and five overall, Tony, 9-5 and five in the conference. And they're, they're winning games that they, you know, that they need to win. Uh, and uh, – Correct me if I'm wrong, but Army is receiving votes in the USCHL right now. They are. Yes, and well-deserved, too. I, this is a team right now that I can see going the long way. It, it could be Sacred Heart Army battling it out for the one and two spot in Atlantic hockey right now, just the way this shapes up. I know you're high at AIC. RIT's hanging around there. RIT's 10-6 and six and 2 overall record, uh, and they have a pretty good offense on, on their side of the board there. Army's offense is not as strong, but they play a good, strong defensive game, and they're squeaking out these wins when they need to. And at the end of the day, a one-goal win versus a 10-goal win is a win is a win. So, you know, Army's getting it done, and maybe not in the same fashion as Sacred Heart, maybe RIT, and in the beginning, Robert Morris, but Army's getting it done. Air Force, you know, what can I say about Air Force? I, you know, they struggled early on. <laughs> they got on a heater and now they're getting a little cold again. It's going to be, I think, one of those years. I don't know if they're going to finish at this rate in the top four. Uh, I like to see if they can contend for a top five going into the Atlantic hockey playoffs. But right now, Sacred Hearts running on all cylinders for Atlantic hockey. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's a couple interesting matchups this weekend that I think are going to go a long way in determining the Atlantic hockey, um, like, I guess, seeding for the tournament. And AIC's got got a weekend series against Niagara. That should be six points that they pick up. Um, this should be a weekend that they that they get some points. Um, but the big one is is Army Robert Morris. This is this is going to be another really really strong telling telling point for Robert Morris. If Army goes goes into Pittsburgh and gets a sweep, that'll be huge. I mean, Robert Morris will go from being what top of the conference to all of a sudden looking to a spot where they're going to need to climb up um, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, so speaking of you know, AIC and Niagara, uh, you know, we've talked about in the past couple of weeks, you, the games you don't want to leave the points on the table for are these teams that you're playing that are at the bottom of the conference, not just Atlantic hockey, but all the college, uh, college hockey conferences we got that we cover the teams that, you know, you need to beat. You don't want them coming into February and March haunting you that you just walked out of their place, their barn, or they're walking out of your barn with a split or even worse, a sweep so uh you know those are the games that we we hope to see these teams especially now what we're telling we're on what two and a half months into the season now these guys these their legs are fresh their legs are going i mean teams are getting beat up a little bit here certain teams are got the injury plague early on in the season rather than late but at the end of the day you know next man in get the win against these lower these you know these these what i've been calling them the bottom feeder teams at the conference uh, you mentioned Army, Robert Morris. Robert Morris just played Sacred Heart, and now they got number one team, and now they got to play the number two team in the conference. This is Robert Morris saying, hey, we, we're still part of this conference. We could still compete in this conference. We're a top three team. They need to go and, and, and at best, I think, or I should say at worst, split with Army and, and keep the points and the standings close. If not, if Army's walking out with the sweep, then, yeah, Robert Morris is going to drop significantly into in the standings here. Absolutely. I guess, I guess moving on to, to another conference, staying out East a little bit, um, looking at the ECAC, you know, this, this is a conference that I look at and it's, it's really starting to, when I look at the, the top teams, I think it is a top heavy conference. And we've been talking that for a while. I mean, when you look in the polls right now, Cornell comes in at three, Clarkson comes in at four, Harvard's at 17, um, Harvard had a really, really tough weekend, um, but they stayed in the top 20. Quinnipiac, Dartmouth, and Colgate are all receiving votes. Um, so when I, I kind of looked at a lot of those teams this weekend that are really going to be the ones that I think are making a difference in the or making like noise in the in the, in the ECAC. We talked a lot about Cornell Harvard last week for good reason because two two top teams in the country and and Cornell got the victory. They won three to one. Um, but then Cornell fell to Dartmouth. And I think Dartmouth to me, you know, lost to Colgate. Colgate, I felt had such a, well, no, I didn't feel they did have an outstanding weekend. Um, getting a win against Dartmouth five to one on Friday and then Harvard four, three in, in overtime on Saturday. Um, Colgate with a great weekend, but I was surprised to see Cornell lose, but you know what? You're not going to go undefeated, especially when you're playing in, in a conference with good hockey, like ECAC, um, Clarkson did get a victory on Saturday over St. St. Lawrence. Um, and then Dartmouth, um, got a loss and a win, like I kind of mentioned before. So nobody really like just stood out this weekend in the ECAC, maybe Colgate, but, 
Um, I'm really interested to see how these five teams in Quinnipiac do mo- moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Tony, we talked about before the show at ECAC. So this is one of our, again, top-heavy conferences. And out of the top five teams in the conference, Clarkson was off this past weekend. And of the top five with Clarkson out, those four other teams played each other this weekend. Uh, Dartmouth, I think, is lucky to be five in the conference. This is such a hard conference, at least early on, to, to judge. Uh, we have Princeton at six games that have played, and then we have Yale and Brown at 10 games. Everything's in between. So right now it's just a little inconsistent in conference play. But we look at the top five teams. Like I said, I think Dartmouth is lucky to be five in the conference right now because of the inconsistency in games, uh, because their overall record right now, four, three, and one. And they did get an impressive win this past weekend. But you look at Cornell, Harvard, Clarkson, and Colgate, the top four, and, you know, Harvard, who got off hot, is slowing up a little bit. They're 6-4 and four overall. And same with Colgate, you know, they're 7-7-4. Seven, seven and four. So, overall, they're not extremely impressive. In conference, though, they are impressive. And I think come end of February, that's when it's going to really matter for them because at this rate, you're winning the ECAC to get into the NCAA tournament. Cornell, though, and Clarkson, 10-1 and 11-3 and overall have been extremely impressive so far this entire season. And Cornell and Clarkson have both taken their games to uh, non-conference teams and have played extremely well. So we know Cornell and Clarkson are capable of getting into March, into the NCAA tournament, and holding their own. It's Harvard, Colgate, uh, at least at this rate, because right now I don't see any other teams between Yale down to Princeton, who's at 12, really making any type of run here. So right now it's Cornell and Clarkson I have as the top two teams in this conference with Harvard and Colgate hanging on. And, and Harvard's offense is great. Let's, let's not, you know, put them to shame here. And the, this ECAC, the top four teams, Tony, overall, I'll have over 40 goals scored. <laughs> so, I mean, the offensive output is incredible. Cornell, though, is strong defensively they've only given up 15 overall and they're only giving up 11 in conference play Clarkson's and Harvard are strong defensively in conference play but overall non-conference they have not been sharp and then Colgate has been a little up and down with the offense and, and defensive play but they're squeaking out wins when they need to yeah, and, and this is a conference that I think Cornell and Clarkson are probably two teams that are going to get in. Harvard's going to be one of those teams. I think they're going to be close to a bubble, but this is one that if you're a team in some of these other conferences where you're going to be sitting around that 13 to 18 range in the pairwise, I think you're really you're really hoping that Cornell or Clarkson win this tournament. Yeah, and I mean, you know, let's not also just harp on the conference game play too. These non-conference games, even though it's not reflecting in the points and the standings for each of their conferences, but I'm looking, I mean, on Sunday, Maine, who were high out in, in Hockey East, lost to Yale 3-1. to one. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're going – some of these lower ECAC teams who might feel like they're being disrespected, they're not getting enough credit for how they're playing, they're going in or they're having teams come in and and they're they're squeaking out these wins. I mean, Colorado College, yeah, they beat the crap out of Princeton seven and two on Friday, uh, but they made it a game on Saturday. Yeah, Colorado College gets the win two to one, but Princeton, you know, 
they, they gave them a run for their money. And then, you know, like we mentioned, Dartmouth gets a 2-1 win over Cornell upset. That's in conference play. So, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, Yale had a nice weekend. They got a win over Union, 2 nothing, and then uh, 3-1 over Maine. And even though not conference, Maine's a good good team. In ho- and, and, and any team you play in Hockey East has really been pretty impressive. So you get a win in Hockey East, you're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think I think it's time to move on going out west a little bit, unless you have anything left to say about the ECAC. Um, I do. I mean, there's not a lot of games that I want to highlight. I mean, it's a lot of non-conference games. But uh, keep your eyes on Clarkson, Michigan Tech, because Michigan Tech's playing really good right now. Clarkson's a top top 10 team. and uh, Top four team. Top four team. So Tech's who's playing really well. And Clarkson, who's top four. That's a good matchup to watch this weekend on Friday, Saturday, coming up here. Yeah, I, I did. I did have that one highlighted in my in my yeah. notes as well. Um, but I guess that that's a really good segment into the WCHA. Um, and I and I guess starting out with Michigan Tech, uh, Michigan Tech's really really starting to climb, um, which is great. I, I love to see these Upper Peninsula teams do well because um, up in the Keweenaw, hockey is so big. Um, Michigan Tech is receiving votes um, in in the polls this this year or this week. Uh, Minnesota State comes in at one. Bowling Green comes in at ten. Um, Tech, Northern, Alaska, and Bemidji are all receiving votes. So, I, I think this conference has some really, really good, has some. I don't want to say really, really good teams, but they have some good teams in it. Um, Michigan Tech last weekend uh, got the sweep. Um, they beat Anchorage two to one on Friday, um, and then they won four one on Saturday. The guy I want to give a major stick tap to this week um, in a couple losing efforts was Chris Carlson the goaltender for Anchorage made 40 stops on Friday and then made 41 stops on Saturday. So wow. It's impressive. I mean, he, 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 he really did keep them in that game and Friday and Friday night um, tech needed to Brian Hallen, Hallen, I should be able to pronounce that from the UP um, (laughs) two late third period goals to get the win. So, I mean, he kept them in that game and I mean, really a four, one game. He, he made it a lot closer than than it could have been. Yeah. Um, a team that just, I don't know, Bowling Green, I feel they're a really good team. I, I mean, I think Bowling Green's a really good team that I think is going to have a good shot at making the NCAA tournament. And, and a big reason for that is some of their really good wins that they have this season. Um, beating, they swept Western, um, they swept Notre Dame. They have some great victories. I, they, they won nine to three on, on Friday, but they were down three to nothing with less than eight minutes um, left. I want to say either, either in the second period or in the game, I, I not clear in my notes here, um, but they scored nine unanswered goals to win. Um, oh my God. and that, yeah, let, let me pull up the, let me pull up the box score here because it, it's just something outrageous. Um, but I mean, if, if you're bowling and then they tied on Tuesday or on, on Saturday, um, they ended up getting the extra point in the three on three, but if you're bowling green, five out of six is not acceptable against Huntsville. Uh, no. I mean, I, we've always talked about, so we just mentioned a few minutes ago, you, it, when it comes to these bottom feeder teams, the one point left on the table could separate you from in and out in the not you know the NCAA tournament uh, come the pairwise, especially if you don't win your conference playoffs. And Bowling Green, that you know that could be a case. You know we'll we'll see when we get into end of February towards March. 
Okay, with with seven minutes and fifty seconds left in the second period, Bowling Green was down three nothing and proceeded to score nine goals. Wow, that's uh, not how you want to probably win them, but it's at the same time extremely impressive. But um, you know, Tony WCHA, we're, we're we're getting into that point of the year, and we'll see trending into January and towards the end of January. You know, it's like you mentioned the teams that are the favorites, you know, top four, top five in the conference, and, and then the bottom teams. The WCHA, I think we've seen the trend going in that direction maybe a week or so ago um, between Minnesota State, who's at one in the conference, and Bowling Green, who's, tech, you know, who's five in the conference right now. Um, and, you know, we have Bemidji State, Alaska, and Tech in between. Northern, you know, at sitting at six. You know, at this point, I don't know if I have so much faith in Northern to get into the top five or top four at that matter in the WCHA. Uh, ever since their impressive weekend against St. Cloud State, it's been splits against bad teams <laughs> the, for the last three weeks, four weeks. So Northern, it's just been up and down for the last maybe month or so ever since the St. Cloud weekend. And I, I at this rate, I don't know if Northern, if that's just going to be the trend for the rest of the year. Uh this rate, that's what it's looking like. Minnesota State, though, one, if not the most impressive team in college hockey. North Dakota is probably a close second. I mean, North Dakota, they will give them a run for their money. So, that, I mean, one in, one A. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the teams that I really focus on, at least when I'm looking at WCHA, is two through four, and that's Bemidji State, Alaska, and, and Tech. Tech, who's been playing really good hockey as of lately. Uh, they're ten and seven overall. They're eight and six in the conference, and they're only three points back from Minnesota State in the conference. Granted, they have four more games than Minnesota State, so it, Minnesota State was sitting at top in their four less games. Yeah, that's even more impressive. Uh, but ten and seven overall is extremely impressive for Michigan Tech, a team that I don't know. If, I know for me personally, I did not even have them in the top five preseason for WCHA. Uh, so they've been playing very good hockey as of lately. Alaska, are we shocked, Tony? Another split. <laughs> They're ten and ten overall. They're eight and six in conference. So, uh, I mean, it, they're they're hanging on. Uh, you know, the team that, uh, you know, kind of like Tech. I don't know, except for me, had them finishing, you know, in the top five, and they're sitting at three. They're squeaking out wins when they need them, and they're losing games when you know you're hoping that maybe they can get that that series sweep. I. I personally think Alaska though is going to get that one to one or two sweeps down the line though, Tony. That maybe they're going to they're going to do something in the conference playoffs. We'll see. And then Bemidji State, um, I think they started off a little rocky, and as of lately, they just been turning it on. The offense is looking um, as good as last year was. Uh, right now, the with Minnesota State has sixty goals for right now overall, and Bemidji is fifty four. Uh, difference between Minnesota State and Bemidji State is the amount of goals they're giving up per game. <laughs> um, Minnesota State right now uh, is only giving up 17 goals all year overall, while Bemidji State's got 32. So, you know, but right now, you know, I like seeing Minnesota State, Bemidji State, one and two in the conference, and Alaska's hanging in there. If this, you know, shapes up and this is what it looks like, you know, come end of February – you know, then it's Alaska who's really going to need to make a push in the conference playoffs to get into the NCAA tournament, and more than likely will need to win the conference playoffs to get in. Because Minnesota State, I think we're in consensus right now, just the way they're playing. I mean, unless some dramatic happens, this team falls off the face of the earth. 
they're locking it in. They're going to get in regardless. They don't even need to win the conference playoffs. And Bemidji State's going to hang in there. If they can get on a roll here and churn out a lot more wins here, get a couple more sweeps, I think we'll see later in the year Bemidji State maybe lock in, lock it in as well. Uh, we'll see how that shapes up with the pairwise with the other teams involved in the other conferences. But Bemidji State is no, uh, you know, is they've been they've been there before and they're anticipating getting there again. Now, if they have to win the conference playoffs to get there, they're more than capable of doing it within this conference. And and you know, I I, I do want to bring up the fact that when you're looking at Minnesota State and North Dakota, like we've been talking about, are the top to me uh, to us the top two teams in the country. One A, the NCAA does not understand where cities are in the country. I've come to that conclusion. Um, I will go on a soapbox later on a different podcast when we get closer to the NCAA tournament. Um, there's no usually you get a you get a regional in like North Dakota or Minnesota. There's none. There's none there. Um, the the West regional is going to be out in in Loveland, Colorado, which is. Um, just outside of Denver, so it's in one of the Denver suburbs. And get this, the Midwest Regional will be hosted by Penn State um, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is pretty damn east. Yeah. Um, so that's that's something to know. Like, I, I feel if you're one of these teams, I feel Denver might be a little bit <laughs> nicer place to go than out to, than out to Penn State, which also you could get, land – Denver or Penn State in in both of those regions, so it's going to be interested interesting there. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but no, I'm with you. In in the WCHA, do we even need to talk about Minnesota State anymore? Because, like you said, unless they something happens, um, maybe an injury. I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, this is this they're going to win the conference. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I think the thing though that I really think um, this is a conference where I want to say the top eight make their conference tournament. If you're Alaska, you want to land, I would say, you want to land a top four seed. You you want that first round to have somebody come up to the, to the, to Alaska and, 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 and have to play up there rather than you making that trek um, into the, into the continental U.S. Yeah. And I mean, let's, you know, just hit really quickly chime in on the Minnesota State. You mentioned, you know, knock on wood and an injury. I'm looking at the roster right now, Tony, outside of what? One of their goalies has a point, for God's sakes, <laughs> has an assist on the year. So uh, we're looking, we're looking down the down the line here. Out of their entire roster, four people, four four uh, players, don't have recorded points. Out after that, the rest of the team has one down up to twenty points. They get contributions from uh, all levels here. Uh, so. You know, they're well-equipped. I mean, their second-leading scorer right now is Nathan Smith. He's a freshman. Uh, four goals, 11 assists right now. A uh, little uh, over – just over a point a game, uh, followed by Mark uh, McCallis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who's the senior, who's leading the way with 20 points right now, just over a point and a quarter a game. Uh, but, you know, like I said, you know, Minnesota State, they're getting, they're getting production all over the place. Uh, you know, they got – just real quickly, you know, almost 10 players, 10 or more points. I mean, so they're playing really well. They're getting contributions all over the place. Uh, they're just a rock solid team right now. Uh, and and they, even if someone does get hurt, God forbid, knock on wood, 
they got players that are stepping in and filling that role. So, I mean, like I said, unless the entire team falls off the face of the earth, I think Minnesota State is sitting in the driver's seat for the remainder of the year, and and they'll be they're looking pretty good right now. Oh, no doubt. So I think unless there's anything else you want to touch on in the WCHA, I think it's time to move on to a conference that is still out West, um, has a team from Minnesota in it, but I don't really want to talk about them. Um, the Big Ten. <laughs> well, um, Tony, before, I, 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 before, before we move on, though, I just want to make one note. Minnesota State at Northern this weekend is, I think, a matchup to keep your eye on. Ooh, Clarkson. That'll be a good one. Clarkson and Tech, yes, because but we just talked about that, but – Northern, who's coming off, uh, you know, a bye weekend. Minnesota State is playing hot. Northern, you know, can contend with them. But Minnesota State, I think, is going to walk away with a sweep. <laughs> Sorry, Northern. But, you know, it's a, it's a series that just keep your eye on because don't be shocked if Northern comes out here and tries to get a split at home. Oh, man, I wish this was next week, the weekend after. Because <laughs> you'll be home, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have there, there'd been a, There was a point when I was in college where tradition would be for, like, the Thanksgiving, like, the, the days following thing. It was Thanksgiving, actually. It wasn't Christmas time, but it was Thanksgiving. I'd always go up to the Barry Event Center with my aunt and watch a Northern game back in the good old days of the CCHA. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're, you're missing a good one now. <laughs> I know. Dang it. Yeah, but, been great. but let, let's head into the Big Ten now. I mean, let's let's start out with the team that they're terrible. Let's be honest; they're just not very good. But somehow they're still receiving votes, and that's Wisconsin. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> so Wisconsin lost three nothing to Michigan State. I thought I thought Wisconsin was supposed to be able to score goals. They didn't. Um, but let's. Let, I want to give credit here, John. I can't pronounce his name. Lefman. He's the goalie for Michigan State. 41 save shutout on Friday night. So I guess maybe the offense wasn't bad. He just had a really good game. Um, they did pick up Michigan State, got the 5-4 overtime victory on Sunday. Goal Caulfield scored two goals for Wisconsin. Uh, Mitch Lewandowski scored two for Michigan State. Um, UW did score the game-tying goal with 40 seconds left, but couldn't you as uh, MSU got the winner in overtime. I mean, Wisconsin's just one of those teams that's so disappointing this season. There are so many expectations, and they just kind of fell flat. Maybe they're like this year's Cleveland Browns of the National Football League. Um, just so so much talent. I, and I love Tony Granato. Like, he's he's recruits incredibly um, great guy, but the results aren't there with a lot of talent. So whatever it is, I'm not sure. I'm not the expert. Um, but Wisconsin's just not playing good hockey. Um, Ohio State. Quite frankly, I, I don't I don't think the Big Ten's as good as what their rankings are. I, I'm going to go out there and say it. Ohio State they they beat Minnesota in overtime on Friday, three to two, um, and then they tied one one on Saturday. Minnesota picked up the extra point in overtime, uh, or in the three on three overtime. Ohio State scored with 25 seconds left in overtime. They were 25 seconds away from tying Minnesota two nights. I mean, that's if you're the number six team in the country, that shouldn't be happening. Um, Michigan, Penn State lost to Michigan on on Friday night, four to one. Um, Strauss Mann, who is the goalie for for Michigan, had a really nice performance. One goal allowed, uh, 34 saves. Penn State rebounded really well on Saturday. Um, they won three to one and hey, they got a big goaltending performance from Peyton Jones who made 42 saves for the Nittany Lions. 
Um, and then Notre Dame, like how is I don't know how Notre Dame's still number fifteen in the country. Um, the BC shut out Notre Dame. Granted, BC is a really good team, but if you if you're Notre Dame, they've been losing to some really some good opponents recently. And if you're a team that's seriously going to contend for a national championship, these are games you have to be winning. Um, they got shut out by by BC on Friday, four to nothing, um, and then they played on Sunday as well. Um, what what happened in that one? They they lost six to one, so it was even a worse performance on on Sunday for Notre Dame. It's just they they have to play better. Yeah, I, I mean, sorry, a lot of <laughs> lot of negativity in that one. Yeah. I... <laughs> I mean, you kind of nailed the you nailed it on the head there. This is a conference that not only myself, I think you, but I think all of college hockey, we we had the Big Ten as one of the top, if not the top, college hockey conference because on paper, preseason wise, we had all these teams. I think except maybe Michigan and Michigan State, and I'm I know Michigan State for sure. I don't know about Michigan, but we had them all performing well this season and right now Ohio State's second in the conference but the teams that are performing well in the Big Ten are Penn State Michigan State and I'm gonna stop there because Notre Dame right now who play who was on you know red hot early in the year has now lost consistent weekends against like you mentioned really good teams they're not walking out with splits they're walking out being swept Boston College is one of the hottest teams in college hockey right now. So I don't want to disrespect or downgrade Boston College by any means. Notre Dame, though, you're you're <laughs> you were what projected to contend for a national championship, and you lose six to one on Sunday. And what you weren't was even competitive. Yeah, I mean, and then they lost four nothing on Friday. So one goal in two games it that's not that's not championship hockey that's not even NCAA tournament hockey cuz when you get to the tournament Tony you and I know it's one and done it's not a three game series it's not a five game series not a seven game series one and done so guess what that one game you decide not to score boom you're out so Notre Dame you got to figure it out Jeff Jackson is one of the most respected college hockey coaches uh to to ever be on the bench uh, I he's one of my favorite all-time college hockey coaches. I respect that guy more than anything. Guy knows how to coach hockey. He, I think he's going to get the program turned around here. They're in a bump in the road, uh, but you're hoping it's sooner rather than later if Notre Dame is truly trying to contend for a national championship this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it wasn't that long ago. It was about a month ago where they went in and, and they swept uh, Ohio State. Um, those were the two but, overtime overtime games, weren't they? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and, and okay, I want to give I want to give credit to Ohio State. I was ripping on them, but they had a tough weekend. Okay, it was at home against Minnesota. That shouldn't be happening. But Minnesota still got some still got some guys. Um, they have been playing. So Ohio State is a good team. I just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't giving them enough credit. Maybe I'm just bitter about last Saturday night. Well, it's possible, but uh, yeah, I mean Ohio State. Um, in Penn State, Ohio State started off rocky. We all know that, and as of lately, they they they're starting to turn it around. They're ten four and two overall. Um, they're really not that far behind in Penn State in the over overall record, who's twelve five and zero. Uh, but Penn State's offense and has been for the last couple seasons is just rock solid. You know they got seventy three goals for the year so far, 
in Ohio State, who in the last couple of years has had a prolific offense. They're putting up 44 for the year, but that's about the average we're seeing right now. I mean, Wisconsin, who's playing terrible, has more goals right now in the season. And, you know, let's just – Tony, let's just dive into Wisconsin real quick. I know you don't want to. I watched the – No, I'm okay with it. I, I, I watched the Friday game and against Michigan State. Once again, you know, I haven't been saying my team of the week for this for the past weekend, but Michigan State played extremely well this past weekend. Uh, right now, I don't think they're going to contend for maybe an NCAA tournament bid. I mean, unless they really win the Big Ten, it, it's hard for me to say that at this point. They're eight, seven, and one right now for Michigan State, but they're playing good hockey. Um, and they beat, you know, they beat up on a on a Wisconsin team like we, we all thought was going to contend for a national championship this year. Uh, but once again, I've watched them now three straight weekends, and I just don't understand the logic where defensemen are pinching every freaking time. I mean, again, back to back weekends, the amount of two on ones they give up is just astounding. It's like, what are the defensemen on the blue line thinking? You, they should not be pinching this often, uh, you know. Caulfield got on the board, and we made the joke early in the year. When Caulfield doesn't score, they don't win, and when he does, they do win. Like, he got on the board this weekend, Tony, not once, but I believe twice. And the game he scored twice, they lost. <laughs> um, so, and, 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 but that kid, let me tell you, kid's got a freaking cannon. Holy crap, what a rocket. So, I mean, that kid, that kid is just, he's playing outstanding hockey. It's unfortunate, though, for Wisconsin, let me just put it this way, that they're putting all this on the shoulders of a freshman, true freshman. Um, you mentioned Tony Cronado, though. You know, he's an outstanding recruiter. He's great for college hockey. He's very well respected in the college hockey and in the hockey world in general, not just college hockey. And I want to make this point, and I hope I'm not, you know, knock on wood here again. Seems like to be the trend for this show today. We, you know, we're seeing the trend of a lot of NHL coaches getting canned this week and last week for bad you know for for bad situations and some that's just not performing well like i think peter DeBoer just got fired today from the sharks um uh, for uh, i think this the season hasn't panned out very well for him so far and uh i don't think we we don't see that in college hockey is my point so i don't i don't anticipate seeing granado canned at all uh in, in mid-season for wisconsin i i I don't think that's ever the trend in college hockey. Um, you know, usually we see the coaches just ride it out the rest of the year. Do I think Renato is on the hot seat? Eh, I don't know. I mean, he's had a lot of good seasons. Well, he's been there, what, 24 years now? Maybe pushing five. Um, so it's one of those things where I think he might be on the bubble here, but I don't see him being fired. But, you know, it's one of those things where maybe, I don't know, are we looking to say Wisconsin, you know, this season is just behind us now and, we're just, you know, getting ready to recruit and bring in the new guys next year and get ready for next season. I don't know. Might be too soon to say that. You know, we'll see how Wisconsin fares up. Um, you know, Michigan against, uh, you know, who uh, Michigan played um, Ohio State, Penn State. Penn State. Uh, you know, they got the split. And I think Michigan is one of those teams where I think teams are just taken too lightly. And that's back-to-back weekends where Michigan has walked out with a split. Um, and – I watched the, the Michigan game, too, on Saturday. I watched a lot of games on Saturday, if no one could tell. And Michigan, even though they lost the Saturday game and they won Friday, Saturday they did look good on the ice. I, I, I want to make that a point. Penn State won 3-1. to one. 
Michigan early on, it, it was a back-and-forth game. Uh, they really cycled the puck well. It, turnovers and penalties, I think, is what really hurt them in the long run, uh, and Penn State took advantage of it. So Michigan, I think they have a, a lot to work off of getting into next season because right now, at least I think I could – I can confidently say this is not going to be Michigan season at all, <laughs> but they have a lot of good things to look forward to in the upcoming seasons with a lot of their young guys. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but Tony, I think, uh, I mean, are there any games real quick before we move on here? I mean, we got Penn state Notre Dame this week and that's a pretty big game. Yeah. Penn state Notre Dame will be a good one. And then, I mean, I'm really intrigued with Arizona state at Michigan state. Yeah, I mean, Arizona State, who just came off an impressive weekend against Denver, you know, we've talked about the meat of their schedule is is now, and they are off to a pretty good start so far. And now you're playing a Michigan State team at in East Lansing against a state team that's playing playing really good hockey. So you're going to see the boys from Tempe come into the cold weathers in the, in the Mitten State and see if they can get another, another solid weekend out of it. Michigan State's looking to – uh, you know, obviously the same thing, you know, walk out a conf- non-conference win, I should say. Notre Dame, though, this is a series where uh, – are they only playing on Friday? Is it a, That's what I'm looking at. So I'm wondering if, they're, if they got one of those wacky uh, schedules coming up where they're playing late. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They are playing – I can't read. So they are playing Friday, Saturday. This is a series, though, Tony, I think we can agree. It's going to be tough. But Notre Dame, I think, has to walk out with, has to leave the South Bend with a, with a sweep here to get to get back on their feet. I mean, it's going to be hard against Penn State, but at this at this point, I don't know how you want to split with Penn State with the last two weekends of how they performed. They can't they can't look bad. I guess that's the biggest. Thing. Yeah, you got to get three points and and be competitive. So. Yeah, uh, so we'll see how that. But that that's definitely a matchup to look forward to those two. Uh, especially, but Tony, I think uh, now with us uh, transition here, uh, as always, let's go, let's go out back East and uh, further East, I should say. And then uh, hockey East. Yeah. Hockey East. Um, so UMass, uh, they got a victory against, uh, they got a sweep against Maine this weekend. Um, as really you would expect, expect out of a team like UMass who is coming in right now at number nine in the polls, um, so looking at the polls, BC is coming in at five after a really great weekend, like we talked about. Uh, UMass is coming in at nine, Northeastern at 12, Providence at 13, Lowell at 14, then BU and Maine are receiving votes. Um, so, so that was a nice, a nice weekend. We, we expected UMass to get the wins, and they did. Uh, Maine is a pretty solid team. Um, the, game, the series that I was really looking forward to was Lowell versus Providence. Um, Lowell got a nice win on Friday, scoring three unanswered to win three to two. And then Providence picked up the win on Saturday, four to one. Um, BU Northeastern was another game I was interested in. That was um, one game. BU took care of business. Um, BU getting back on track. They beat Northeastern six to three on Saturday. Patrick Harper scored a pair for, for the Terriers. Um, Merrimack, New Hampshire, um, they, they split. Merrimack got the 4-2 victory on Saturday. And then UNH rebounded to win five two on set on Saturday or on Sunday. Um, UMass they got a victory uh, yesterday. There's a couple Tuesday night games. UMass got a victory over Brown four nothing. Um, and then and Philip Lindbergh got a nice shutout for for the Minutemen. And then uh, Yale beat Maine. We talked about that 
that earlier. Um, Jeremy Swayman didn't make 35 saves in a losing effort for the Black Bears. Um, is it safe to say that Maine is uh, goaltender you? <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's probably safe to say that, yes. The only thing I would say about Maine, though, is, man, uh, three straight losses is not a good sign after a, a strong start to the season. No, no, they're kind of kind of going – downhill yeah they're going towards that bottom half of the the conf or the division that we don't (laughs) you never want to be towards but i mean let's focus tony on the top half i mean we've mentioned all you mentioned all these scores here um you know umass gets a solid sweep over maine a a series i think they really needed they're 12-4-1 overall and send uh what tied for second in the conference be it with northeastern and umass low uh the the top six teams right now are very close. I mean, technically, I, I hate saying it, but even the top, what, six, seven, eight, because somehow Maine and UConn are tied in the conference right now, BC in points. Um, UConn, because they're squeaking out wins as of lately, and Maine, who got all their wins so far early in the season and then losing, so they just been maintaining 10 points for quite a while. Uh, Boston College, though, uh, I think has just played a lot of non-conference games as of lately too, because they only got seven games in conference play, and they're sitting eleven four and zero overall. BU's ahead of them only because they got eleven games under their belt with twelve points, six six and five overall. So not an impressive overall schedule, but a BU team that has a lot of skill on the ice uh, that you're looking to see. And if they can really get on a good run here as of, you know, in the next few weeks and, and really start contending here in the conference play, because ultimately, Tony, I think we agree. Hockey East is won't, we won't know who's in, who's out until we get to the conference tournament, because these top six teams, any one of them could really win the conference at this point. Absolutely. Um, I do want to point out, though, Providence is still one of the – I still think one of the strongest offensive teams out there. Defensively, though, I, that's where they struggle. Uh, 65 goals on the year so far. Uh, though UMass 61. So, I mean, they're right behind them. So, Providence uh, maybe slow down a little bit. They're 9-5-3 and three overall, but they're still a solid squad. Uh, Tony, I know you're strong you, – you've been high on Northeastern in the, in the recent weeks. They're 10-5-2 and two overall. They're playing very good hockey. And then UMass low ten four and four overall, uh, again playing strong hockey. And you know this is just a conference that is not wide open by any means. Between like I said, the top six teams right now, and technically on paper the top eight teams in the conference play. It's it's a very tight uh, tight knit conference, and it's just going to be one of those one of those uh, conferences that each week I think we're going to see these teams to shuffle between one and six, one and eight uh, every weekend, especially when we focus mainly and only on conference games. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but Tony, is there, is there, I mean, is there anything that, you know, that we want to note for the upcoming weekend here uh, in this tournament? Or I mean, I'm sorry, in this conference. There really is. I, Northeastern Dartmouth could be a good game. Let's see if uh, Dartmouth can continue to play spoiler, but Merrimack plays at Union, but nothing in conference. Kind of a kind of a lax weekend. Um, I do want to go back to the Atlantic real quick. Okay. Um, I want to give uh, major career stick taps right now to Frank Serator, uh, the head coach at Air Force, who received his 
400th career victory. Oh this yeah, weekend, you did. So. You sent me that. I, yeah, I forgot. I got to post that on the Twitter. But yes, the uh, awesome to see, uh, well deserved, and an Air Force team, a guy 400 wins, and I'm hoping he can get maybe about uh, 15 more and get my my boys down in Air Force up there in the, in the <laughs> rankings here. I've been pulling for him since day one, so we'll see. That's also because they've knocked out our beloved Broncos in the recent years in the in the tournament too. So. I'm trying not to well, be they, sour. <laughs> I am thinking they will need to win their conference tournament as right now they're sitting at 41st in the pairwise. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm no math magician here, but I don't think they're going to make a what 35 point leap in one weekend. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I think we have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I was looking at the matchups for this weekend. There's not a lot going on, at least not in conference, but even non-conference. But uh, I'm with you on um, on the matchup, uh, Dartmouth Northeastern, just because Dartmouth got a nice upset this past weekend. Uh, you know, other than that, nothing really. It's a lot of good teams playing a lot of bad teams. I mean, if anything that I think is going to be a close game, you know, maybe. New Hampshire versus Army this weekend, if that. But, you know, AIC at Maine, I don't know. We'll see. Maine's not playing good. AIC, you know, you're you're high on them trying to turn around. So we'll see how this weekend goes for, uh, you know, hockey's <laughs> at least. I don't know. It's just hard for me to, to really pick a game that I really would be intrigued to watch there this weekend. To me, there aren't any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough. But, I mean, Tony, let's go to something. Let's go to a conference, that, you know, like hockey. It's, uh, it's got a lot going on, a lot of action. That's the NCHC. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's start out with a couple non-conference games here. You kind of mentioned this one earlier when we talked about Princeton. Um, Colorado College did have a really nice weekend. Um, they won 7-2 to two on Friday. Chris Wilkie and Grant Crickshank each had a pair of goals for CC. Um, they did finish off the sweep 2-1 in overtime on Saturday. Um, Chris Wilkie, again, um, had a big game. That's a four-goal weekend for him. He scored both goals. Uh, player of the, the week, the I game winner. Yeah, he should be with, the, with that. Um, 19 seconds into overtime, uh, Ryan Ruck made 40 saves for, um, for CC. Um, and then there's – they won Friday night 4-1, Johnny Walker with the hat trick. Um, Evan DeBrower made 33 saves for the Sun Devils. Um, the two tied on Saturday, 2-2. Um, Cole Gutman scored twice for the Pioneers, including the game-tying goal with 41 seconds left in the third period. Um, and then DeBrower had another really, really outstanding night, for an even better night for, um, for the Sun Devils, um, making 44 saves. Um, so arguably – Next to that Anchorage goalie, maybe the goaltender of the week um, in in the in the country, um, Duluth and and Omaha. Um, Duluth got the sweep. They they won six three on Friday. Noah Cates and Cole Kepke each had two goals for for the Bulldogs, um, and then they did complete the sweep on Saturday with a four three victory. Um, Saint Cloud, uh, you know Miami is playing really good, some pretty good hockey. Um, recently um but st cloud got back on track they are receiving votes this week in the uscho poll um they won two to one on friday luke jaycock scored the game winner with 26 26 seconds left in the game um to break your cousin's heart um <laughs> his heart's been broken since the bu national <laughs> championship so it's okay is that still your uh, is that still your picture for your fantasy hockey? No, I changed it a while back, but it's been it's been on the back burner to come back. 
<laughs> right on. Uh, St. Cloud State then completed the sweep Saturday with a 5-3 victory. Um, the last game I'm going to let you talk about a little bit more because um, I, I know you you had a little bit more attention. Um, I just want to bring up the fact North Dakota did get the did get the sweep over Western Michigan. Hard fought game, one nothing victory in overtime on Friday. Gavin Hain with the game winning goal. Adam Shield made 41 saves in the shutout, and Brandon Boosie made 33 for WMU. Um, North Dakota, I mean, like we said, maybe the best team in the country. Um, they got an 8-2 victory on Saturday behind two goal games from both Judd Caulfield and Shane Pinto. Yeah, I mean, before I jump into the Western North Dakota series, because like I mentioned before, we got onto the show here. This was a, a That was the series I really wanted to talk about because I did watch it very closely both Friday and Saturday. Um, but, you know, the NCHC right now, at least conference play, it's <laughs> – it's kind of top heavy, but it's not top heavy in the same sense as Atlantic hockey, the WCHA, and the ECAC. Because, yes, Denver, Nebraska, Omaha, St. Cloud, and Colorado College roll out the bottom four. And those four teams, I guarantee, can go in any of those other conferences and walk away with two W's. That's how good these bottom four teams are in conference play. So I'm looking at the conference points here. Nebraska almost got four. Denver's got six. St. Cloud's got six. CC's seven. And Miami's eight. Um, and all those teams are very good teams. Miami, who's kind of rebuilding because they are now out of the Rico Blasi era. And their uh, last couple weekends have been playing decent hockey. Like I mentioned, I mean, they got swept by St. Cloud this weekend, or this past weekend, I should say. Uh, they played pretty good on Friday, like you mentioned, 2-1. They lost, and then, unfortunately, they lost 5-3. So they kept it close against a good St. Cloud State. So the Miami has a lot of good things to look forward to in the upcoming seasons. They got a lot of good young talent that they're leaning heavily on. Um, so Miami's got a lot to look forward to. And Duluth just keeps on rolling. Um, but So let's, Tony, let's just dive into North Dakota, Western Michigan, because – uh, that was the matchup, I think, not only for the conference, but I think you and I picked maybe for the weekend to watch out for. Western, let's just say this. I think this would be a different story. Western Michigan, if if they didn't have the injury bug, they still are rolling with, I think, seven to eight of their guys, and a bunch of their top players are sitting on the uh, in the rafters, not the rafters, but in the bleachers right now. Due, due to injury. I mean, there's no way to Allison. We haven't seen him in three, four weeks. Uh, one of their top defensemen, freshman Ronnie Attard, hasn't been playing in the last three, four weeks as well. Um, they got uh, – I don't even know if Cole Gallant was playing this past weekend, so I wonder if he's hurt. Um, I mean, it's just a ton of injuries from top to bottom, both on the forwards and the defenseman side. And it's hurting them. But the nice thing about Western is they got a lot of good. Gallant was in he this weekend. This weekend. He played on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, he got a goal on uh, on uh, in the third period on okay. Saturday. So I mean, the nice thing about Western is they have a lot of young guys that Andy Murray likes to cycle and likes to get them into play, and they're solid role players. Now, when he does that, Western struggles offensively because now you're relying on Paul Washi and a couple other guys to really lead the way in scoring. Hugh McGean just hasn't been consistent this year in the scoring, and he's got to be one of those top guys you got to rely on to get goals. Um, Paul Washi has been solid all year, and he's Andy Murray's top face-off guy this year. Uh, and that's a, an area that Western excelled in this past weekend. If we're looking at anything positive for Western, um, Bussy's play on Friday and the fact that they were really good in the face-off circle dots. 
um, Friday and Saturday. Um, but let's talk about Friday real quick. Friday was back and forth. I mean, this game from start to finish was nonstop action, shots and block shots, hits. It, it had it all. Um, the one thing I loved and I mentioned to you earlier today was the refs were letting things go. Like, and when I say that, they were letting the little things go. There was hit big hits out all over the place until it got super nasty is when the whistle started blowing, which is, in my opinion, that's when the whistle in college hockey needs to be blown when it gets out of control or you you see it getting out of control. Saturday was a different story. And I'll talk about that in a second. But so Friday, I, I mean, this, this was anybody's game. Western and Andy Murray for years has taught his teams and they're one of the best in the nation in doing it. And that's blocking shots. North Dakota, who's got a prolific power play and Friday, they, they embarrassed them. I'm just going to put it out there. Western embarrassed North Dakota's power play. And I think when we go to Saturday, they took that personally because Friday they were blocking shots. Uh, Courtnall, I think had two breakaways on back-to-back power uh, penalty kills uh, I mean, so they were taking chances, blocking shots, getting opportunities with the man down. And I think North Dakota going to Saturday took note of that, didn't like that, and that's when they really absolutely came out firing on all cylinders on Saturday. Now, the shot that, that won the game in overtime on Friday, I, just one of those lucky, you know, lucky shots. It was off the boards. I think North Dakota was actually kind of on a switch, too, on a line switch. And... Uh, from the half board, just whips it, and it finds the little two-inch crease in between Bussy's armpit. Uh, so it's just unfortunate how that one ended for Western Michigan because they played so well. I thought Western was going to get the win on Friday, carry the momentum into Saturday. Um, and Western actually going into Saturday, they had a lot to be proud of after Friday because that, that was a solid effort. I think that's been one of the best games that North Dakota has played against uh, all season so far. Now let's get to Saturday. Like I mentioned, Tony, it was a different story with the referees. And let's say, let's just put this out there too. It's the same refereeing crew from Friday to Saturday. There's no difference. And what happened? Every stupid little thing was a whistle. And it was always against Western. I mean, North Dakota had power plays for days. Western did get their chances late in the game. But, I mean, it was at this point, you know, Western's getting power plays, you know, one too late because North Dakota was already up four or five goals. Um, And... I think about maybe I now Andy Murray pulls Bussy after I think the third or fourth goal. I didn't necessarily agree with it. I didn't think a lot of these goals were Bussy's fault. Uh, there was a lot of holes in the defense. You know, Western was you know they were looking to take the body. When they do that, they get a lot of control. They get a lot out of place. They get a lot you know, and and North Dakota you know that's a team that you they take advantage of. They see it. They and they they know when to to jump on the opportunity. That's what happened. You know, for Western, in front of the Lawson Lunatics, the best student section in college hockey, um, that place was packed um, both Friday and Saturday. It's unfortunate they walked out with nothing. But Western, I guarantee, gets healthy, plays North Dakota again. It's a different story. Yeah, yeah. And I do want to bring up, uh, North Dakota was three for three for six on the power play, WMU. One for three on the power play. I mean, North Dakota did get two of their two of their power play goals though fairly late. Um, both with less than four minutes to go. So, um, judging by that, yeah, it probably changed the flow of the game. And I, and and we know how inconsistent some 
some officiating can be in college hockey. I, I mean, I do want to give these guys a little bit of a break because I, I feel like hockey officiating is the toughest in in any any sport. Um, and a lot of these guys on the side are what insurance agents and teachers and, and all these other kinds of things. But but yeah, it's just, it's just been very inconsistent. I, I'll never forget that. Uh, it, it was a it was a North North Dakota, ironically enough, series probably what um, five six years ago now, where I, I who was it Hackstall that was the coach at at yep. North Dakota at the time, and the look on his face after that game, where it might have been a similar score to to that one. Um, I know they won pretty handily. He was just I don't know if he was frustrated with his team or their officials or what, but it was one of those that just it got out of control. Yeah, well, let's just say this. I got to personally meet Hacksaw after a Western game, and even after a sweep, going to do his uh, his post-game interviews. I don't, and I don't think I've seen that guy crack a smile even after a national championship. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that's uh, – I don't know if that's always been his just facial expression, his mentality, but no, I agree. Um, you know, Western's always been one of those teams where it, ever since Andy Murray stepped in, you know, he he has recruited and built these teams, these bigger teams to come out, and they're going to beat you up. And totally, we've seen it personally for many years. And to this day, now they're a lot quicker this year. They got a lot of speed. They got a lot more offense. But they still got big bodies, and they they like to throw them around. They're not afraid to do that, and it was evident Friday. I mean, right out the gate, Hugh McGee was was head hunting. It seemed like, and I really don't know what for, because this is the first series of the year for both of them to play each other. So, uh, but that's what I I loved seeing on Friday night. One, all the hitting that was going on. I think it kind of stunned North Dakota a little bit because they were struggling. Um, with the smooth transition that they're normally uh, known for this year. And Western's laying the body, making it difficult for them to set up an offense. And the refs were letting them play. And, um, and it was just a different story Saturday. And, and there was no – and I want to say this too. There weren't any vicious hits. There weren't any, you know, anything that, you know, come Saturday the refs had to worry about, you know, something breaking out. So I, I was just – you know, I was just confused as to why all of a sudden the, that that script flipped from a referee standpoint for that game on Saturday, and why all of a sudden the whistle started coming up. You know, started blowing a lot more than than Friday. So, um, but like I said, you know, Western played extremely well Friday, and they don't have many guys right now as healthy scratches to come in. They're playing with the bare minimums right now. Uh, we've seen Western get the the injury bug, Tony, at the wrong time of the year, and I think they get it every year. I think right now they're getting it, if I had to say, the right time of the year because they want the guys that are not playing now playing January and February for these late runs, especially as we get into the NCHC tournament here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got, Tony. I mean, there's not a lot coming up this game or this weekend, uh, only two series. Uh, Denver, CC, and Nebraska Omaha against uh, at St. Cloud. Both both series that are intriguing, and you know, keep your eye on because uh, they're all four teams are very good, and they're playing very good hockey right now. And it can't be overlooked that CC Denver is, is a great rivalry. Oh yeah, uh, former uh, WCHA rivalry, if I'm not mistaken. No. Oh yeah, absolutely, and a nice little inner interstate rivalry. Yeah, there's so uh, so yeah, there's uh you know. 
two games, both Friday and Saturday, four teams. Um, and that's uh, going to be very good hockey for NCHC. Absolutely. Now, I guess we talked a lot about the men's game. Um, lots happening, lots going on, exciting season. Um, jumping over to the women's game, um, you know, not a lot happened this past weekend, but something really cool happened. Um, and there's a couple things I want to bring up. Uh, one, in a in a battle in Minnesota, um, Minnesota beat Minnesota State 4 nothing. Doesn't sound like anything out of the ordinary, but it was a game that featured an all of all female officiating crew. Which I is, did see that, which which is really cool. It's something that was great to see and and really highlighting that the wonderful game, the good old hockey game, um, for women's hockey as well. Um, Minnesota does come come in at number two this week. Uh, Wisconsin, to me, was one of the was one of the top teams. Them or BU, uh, Wisconsin got a nice sweep over Duluth. Uh, really close game, four three on on Friday or on the first night. Um, I can't remember if it was a Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday series. Um, Alexis Mowerman scored the the game winner for for the Badgers, and then Bucky got the victory five two on on Saturday. Um, NCA's third star of the week was Abby Rock. This is a very pro Abby Rock podcast, as we say very frequently. <laughs> um, uh, Cornell and Clarkson each had a each had a nice weekend, getting a couple victories. Um, Princeton picked up a victory as well, but they did lose um, to Cornell. So that was a big, a big matchup I was looking forward to is Cornell and Princeton. Uh, BU got the better of their, of their city rival. Um, They swept BC this weekend. Um, Not a lot happening next weekend um, with the holidays approaching and everything. Ohio state and Princeton do battle it out on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I know you and I talked about this a little bit before, um, there was a nice article talking about, you know, the growth of, of hockey in in non, non-normal markets, and especially for, for women's hockey. They talked about the Nashville tournament that we covered a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, Wisconsin, Harvard, and BC all have players on their roster that really hail from non-traditional hockey markets like Texas, Florida, California. And, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see the growth of of not only not only hockey but especially women's hockey in in those non-traditional markets and and, and I'm really excited you, you know um Annie Pankowski who was to me was got snubbed from that USA roster um is from is from California and I think that's only going to help grow the game um the way this the women's team is an ambassador team to for the sport is is huge um another big one um Mark Johnson's going back to Pittsburgh um, where Badger Bob was a, was a, a legendary coach for the Penguins. Um, Wisconsin will play in the battle at the Berg in January. Um, they uh, let's see. Robert Morris will be there and then Northeastern and Colgate. So, I mean, another incredible tournament and in, in, in a great city for hockey. So I'm, I'm excited. That'll be January 4th and fifth of this year yeah i mean let's just let so i mean let's just quickly you know we talk about it all the time and we'll continue talking about it till the end of this podcast and that's the fact that you know we're we're big supporters and we hope to see the not only the game of college hockey expand into non-traditional markets as you said but we want the expansion of women's hockey and you know, I follow a lot of the professional Hillary Knights, the Brianna Deckers, and Natalie Spooners on social media. 
and every day they are, you know, promoting not just the professional hockey, but just women's hockey in general. They're, they're, uh, big advocates and great ambassadors to not only the women's side of hockey, but hockey in general. And I think it's been evident as of recently, we're seeing a lot of uh, women, you know, women's college hockey teams get a lot more competitive. It's not just the same traditional teams all the time, those four five, six or whatever. But, you know, I was going through over the weekend, you know, all the scores and, you know, even though there's, non-traditional teams you know they're not in the top 10 they're 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 playing well and it's it's nice to see that the uh what i'm calling them is the ambassadors women's college hockey because they all played college hockey um you know hillary knight brandon decker and so forth and you know like i said it's just nice to see that the sport in women's hockey is growing like like we've mentioned on the podcast before we were hoping and we support and uh you know push out in our podcast the the expansion of professional women's hockey because there's so much talent right now in in the college hockey ranks that we want to see them play in the next level in the professional level we don't want to wait every four years just to see them play in the olympics or every two years the olympic uh, olympics sorry and uh, you know, any other national tournaments that come around in between each Olympics. So, you know, uh, that that's just my little take on, on women's college hockey. You know, like I've mentioned in the past, if you're not watching women's college hockey, you tune in. I was watching highlights on Sunday on some of these games, and it, it's just extremely impressive what, what uh, these women are doing on the ice, uh, offensively, defensively. I mean, you want to learn the game. Uh, the right, the right way. Watch women's hockey; they're doing it the right way. Absolutely. Um, but Tony, I mean, that's uh, that's all I got for college hockey this week. I mean, is there anything else that we want to highlight really quick before we sign off here? I don't have anything, and and uh, I, we sh- we should note that if you're looking forward to hearing us in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be enjoying the holidays with uh, with our families. So we will. We'll be off for a couple of weeks because let's be honest, there's not going to be a lot of college hockey um, action happening. No, we got the holiday tournaments coming up the weekend after Christmas. Uh, not a lot happening the week of the 21st, 22nd. So, yes, like Tony said, uh, the next couple of weeks we are will be off. Uh, so this will be our last show for 2019, and we've uh, we've we've had a lot of fun so far, and we can't wait for 2020. Uh, we will be back and recording on January 2nd, and we'll. Uh, We'll be getting ready for our first ever on-site uh, recording in Wausau, Wisconsin, the weekend after that, Tony. In the words of Bart, uh, Bart Scott, can't wait. <laughs> uh, but as always, everyone, uh, happy holidays to all you. Uh, and again, watch college hockey. Yeah, class dismissed.